Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, folks? This is The Chief, and welcome to the first, the inaugural episode of Grit and Gridiron, our new podcast on the Barnburner Podcast Network, in which we'll talk college football and all things related there, too. Today, Slim and I were joined by James Dale of All for Memphis, which is a 901-based site covering University of Memphis athletics, started by some local dudes, some of which even attend the University of Memphis. We're excited to have James on, and we talk Memphis football and the exciting upcoming season. Coach Norvell has a great squad, and we'll get into that. We talk offense, defense, the excitement of T.J. Carter, the announcement of Brady White, and David Moore's unfortunate transfer, and also Memphis attendance. We do all this with James. But first, a note from our sponsor, the Barnburn sponsor, is Blue Note Bourbon, a premium small batch bourbon made in Memphis, distilled in Memphis. Delicious. And the second batch just came out. I think it's now in local liquor stores. So check out Blue Note Bourbon. Be noteworthy, Memphis. Let's get it. The first episode of Grit and Gridiron, coming up. What's up? This is The Chief with the Barn Burner and the Barn Burner Podcast Network. And today we're joined by James of All for Memphis, which is a 901-based site covering University of Memphis Athletics started by some local dudes that are that are from Memphis, some of which also attend the University of Memphis. So, James, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining me and Slim today. Thanks for having me. Uh, how did AFM get its start? Like, what, what was the whole beginning of the site? Uh, honestly, uh, when I was in middle school, I just created a Instagram account for the University of Memphis football because their football team didn't have a specific uh, social media account. So I got it starting on Instagram from there and then kind of moved over to Twitter Twitter got a lot more popular, and so I kept going on with that. Eventually teamed up with the other guys, got Barrett, Josh, and Amani with me. And then we decided instead of just covering football, we'll cover all Memphis Tiger athletics. And so that's where uh, we're at today. Cool, man. The, the site's cool, and you guys are definitely doing uh, important stuff, you know, being younger and, and having a site like that. Slim, what do you think about the site? Oh, man, I love their graphics. Uh, they got some good content over there. So everyone be sure to go check out All for Memphis. Follow them on Twitter. Um, I definitely got the best graphics around. Like <laughs> Their graphics are so dope. So uh, give them a follow if you haven't already. Um, bunch, bunch of young guys always, you know, good to see people getting skin in the game early. I mean, starting in middle school, that, that's that's crazy talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't thinking anything like that. You know, I'm 
I'm almost 30 years old and we're just getting started. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you on, James. Thanks for joining, man. Thanks for taking some time out of your afternoon. So we'll, we'll jump right in. Today we're talking Memphis football. The season is almost underway. Again, the first game is next weekend. So everyone's getting excited here in Memphis and you can start to see the Liberty Bowl prep is, is nearing its end. And it's a really exciting time here in Tiger Town. Uh, let's start with just kind of a general discussion about our favorite current Tiger and uh, and we'll we'll start there. Slim, who's your favorite current Tiger, Tiger on this roster, man? Oh, uh, I like a lot of these guys, but I think just I got to go with the most electrifying man in college football, Tony Pollard. Uh, you just he's lightning in a bottle. Like every time he touches the ball, you kind of expect him to take it to the house, um, especially on kickoff returns. And I'm excited to see how he's utilized more in the offense this upcoming season. So I guess I'd have to go with Tony Pollard right now. Um, also, special shout-out to Sh- Sam Kraft. He's been doing this for six years now, <laughs> and he was around, you know, like when we sucked. So, so yeah. Sam Kraft has, like, been through the renaissance. He is Memphis football. So uh, on- honorable mention to Sam. Been there both through Fuente and now Ravel too. So that is, he really has like kind of shepherded this whole thing. And Tony Pollard averages like 40 yards or something on returns. Some insane amount, like unheard of. Uh, James, who, yeah, who do you I mean, like right now on the roster, man? Probably on the offensive side of the ball, I got to go with Darrell Henderson because, I mean, that man's just an animal. You know, he just – every time I feel like when he gets the ball, he is destined for a touchdown. Um, you know, a play that sticks out in my head is that first run against uh, UCLA when he – uh, almost took it to the house. I mean, I think he's going to be, you know, the catalyst in the Memphis offense because uh, just with the new quarterback and everything, a lot of the burden is going to be on him. So I expect him to have a really good year. And on the defense side of the ball, I got to go with Austin Hall just because he's a Memphis kid, and I expect him to have a big year. Yeah, great picks, great picks. Um, I, I also like Darrell Henderson, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, Joey Magnifico. He's kind of an unsung hero on this team, makes a, a lot of big plays throughout the season that – on third downs, for example. And I, I just always see his number being called in situations that are make or break. So uh, shout out to the tight end, Joey Magnifico. All good picks, boys. Yeah, he, now, he, he's, Mr., he's Mr. Consistent, man. He's like our version of Jason Witten. Like, he's just always there when you need him. Yeah, that's, that's a good comp. Uh, what about all-time Tiger? So just the, the entire existence of University of his football, who was who y'all's favorites? I mean, I feel like I got to go with D'Angelo, which is a cheap pick, but I mean – that's just that's a guy that was around when I was in high school, and he sort of put the program on the map before the period of the Porter shit years. But uh, so I was a big D'Angelo guy in high school. What about you, Slim? Oh, I gotta go, Anthony Miller, man. Uh, it's, it's close between D'Angelo and Emil, but just what Anthony did over the past four years, and just kind of the true resurgence of the Memphis program, coming from the walk-on um, and being the school's all-time leading receiver, and you know. I wanted them to throw him the ball every play. Like we, we were sitting up there in the stands and I'd be like, just throw it to three. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> um, so I love Anthony Miller. Uh, I, I might name my child, Anthony Miller Massey. So, I mean, I, I got to go with him as my favorite all time tiger, uh, even though he just left. Yeah. Shout out to Anthony Miller too. Just a, a tiger great on the bears. Now second round pick. And he's already had a really good preseason. So I think bears fans are pumped, man. A big cat gave him a shout out. And so that uh, from Barstool, he's a big Chicago sports guy. So he's putting us on the map, man, in a big way in the league. What about you, James? Who do you like all time Tiger wise? Yeah, I mean, I, I got to go with Anthony Miller as well. Just, you know, being a younger generation of Tiger fans, I think the older generation would lean towards D'Angelo, but I think the younger generation would definitely lean towards Anthony. I mean, he was just an 
absolute animal. I mean, the plays against like that one-handed catch against U- uh, UCF, no, USF, my bad. It sticks out in my mind. He's gonna be. I think he's gonna be probably one of the greatest Tigers in the NFL. I think even better than Isaac Bruce once it's all said and done. So I gotta go with Anthony Miller. So James, how did you become a Tiger? I know you grew up in the city, but what was the era in which you got into it? Was it Fuente kind of this resurgence, or yeah. I mean, obviously you didn't give a shit when you know you were like in junior high and we were like winning one game. Actually, ironically, that's honestly when I started becoming a Memphis fan. I've always, you know. Growing up, I've always been a big Memphis fan. I remember, you know, during like 2005, 2006, when we played Ole Miss every year. And I just, I always hated Ole Miss, loved Memphis. My dad went to the University of Memphis, so I've kind of been, you know, riding his coattails as being a fan. But yeah, I remember always watching Memphis on TV when they were losing to Marshall by 40 points. Right. I've suffered through, I've suffered through a lot of that. Yeah, man, that was those were some dark days, but you know, we're things are looking up and the skies are blue, which is is great. Uh, let's move into so the quarterback announcement, which is is, is fairly recent news, uh, was announced that David Moore, the three star kind of dual threat quarterback, has decided to transfer, and that Brady White has been championed as the starting QB. What do you all think about this? What do you what do you think about Brady White starting first of all? And there's actually an article on the barn burner just got put up today, the uh, hyphen barnburner dot com by Slam, awesome preview of Brady White what we can expect so James what do you think about this decision man and, and how do you see this playing out for the offense I mean just what I've been hearing um before the announcement was official I heard this is the way they were going to go and I, I could see it definitely happening because Brady White's more of the third and you can look at the previous two quarterbacks you know Paxton Lynch R- Riley Ferguson those are the type of quarterbacks that we use in our offense you know and I know David Moore is more of a guy who can run not not very good with his arm, but he can run really well. And I just thought that's not going to work with his offense. I know Norvell is going to go with Brady White, and it really didn't surprise me at all when uh, David Moore decided to transfer and they decided to name uh, Brady White the starting QB. Uh, I, I kind of disappointed with David Moore transferring, but I could see why he would because I think he expected once the season ended last year, he was going to be starting QB. Uh, Coach Norvell brings in this new guy, and he wins a starting job over him after he David Moore's been there for a really long time. So I can see the frustration from David Moore, but the um, yeah, the announcement didn't really surprise me at all. Yeah, Slim, I know that you, you, reading your article, you were you were kind of bummed about David Moore as well. In fact, that might have been your pick. But then researching Brady White, did it change your mind at all? Yeah, it did. And and to hit on David right quick, you know, like James was saying, I just think with his arm strength and then his ability to make legs or uh, make legs, make plays with his legs, kind of set him apart and would take this offense to a new dimension. Um, But as James also mentioned, you know, from from what what you could read and hear from those close to the program, Brady White was going to be named the starting quarterback. Um, So you can't blame David at all. Um, best wishes to the, to the young man. He's probably like, what, 21 years old, third, third year in college. So it's time to get on the field somewhere and uh, let some people see what you can do. So good luck to him. But back to Brady White. Um, he was a consensus top 10 pro-style quarterback coming out of high school. He was actually rated number four by 24-7 sports behind like Josh Rosen, Blake Barnett, who originally committed to Alabama, um, lost the job to Jalen Hurts and then actually transferred to Arizona State and is now the starting quarterback for South Florida this year, replacing Qu- Quentin Flowers down there. Um, so that adds some intrigue to uh, the conference, knowing that they have a former number two 
uh, quarterback in the nation on running their offense now. But Brady was right behind them at number four, and he threw for over 10,000 yards in high school, over 100 touchdowns, kind of your typical Southern California quarterback. They played in that air raid offense, very similar to what Mike Norvell runs, and that's why Norvell recruited him to Arizona State when he was still the offensive coordinator there in 2015. Um, Brady actually enrolled early, uh, graduated high school early and enrolled for spring practice, was studying under Norvell, learning the offense, going into the film room, um, all that stuff. Then he redshirted in the fall of 2015, got his chance midway through 2016, and uh, came in in a blowout loss to USC and, and looked decent, and then started the next game against UCLA. And he put together a pretty good game. The Arizona State actually won the game. He threw for a touchdown and was leading the team on another what looked to be a scoring drive before he was injured. Um, broke his foot, which kept him out all the rest of that 2016 season and also the 2017 season. And then, of course, he graduate transferred to Memphis. Um, may, maybe he has three years remaining still if he get, is granted the waiver. But, yeah, man, I'm really excited about him. I think uh, he's, he's very efficient on his throws, the short and intermediate routes. He likes to hit his playmakers. He targeted uh, his, his main playmaker 18 times in, the, uh, in that UCLA game I referenced. And it, it really opened my mind up to thinking that that's how we'll be using Tony Pollard. And I could see him peppering Tony Pollard with targets like that. And that that's really kind of what what got me so excited about Brady White is like he knows where to get the ball, but he was, he's not scared to throw it deep. He's got, you know, decent arm strength. It, it hasn't been great uh, in in fall camp, but I, I think it's there. And once he gets into a rhythm, uh, he's going to be able to lead this offense and we're going to be uh, not as explosive as last year, but we're going to be pretty damn good. He, I mean, he's definitely a blue chip player. Is he? Is he one of the highest ranked recruits that's ever played at the University of Memphis? He's got to be no. up there. I think he is. Yeah, yeah, and and he also on Reddit is starting to get some love for being handsome as hell. So uh, he definitely fits that that quarterback mold. Looks like a Ken doll, man. <laughs> for sure, that's a Southern Cal- <laughs> California quarterback, man. Yeah, no, no waves to surf here in Memphis, but maybe he can get back there to to do some surfing whenever he wants. So exciting times, man. The, the quarterback uh, announcement is exciting, and, and I think that it'll be a good fit for Nervell's offense, and I really can't add anything to that. Um, you got anything else on that, James? Um, no, I mean, I just think, like y'all were both saying, I just think Brady White's just the best fit for this offense. And I think, you know, if he can, like uh, Slim was saying, get in his rhythm, I think he'll be a really good player. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's move into the offense in general. So let's start with one or two offensive players that we are excited about on this team. James, who's a, who's an offensive player you're really pumped about this season? I'm really pumped to, to see uh, Tony Pollard and DeMonte Coxie. I think those are two ty- uh, wild card type players who, if they have a really good year, could push Memphis to the next level. What about you, Slim? Yeah, uh, and definitely those two guys are at the top of my list. But uh, another guy I'm thinking is Sean Dykes, the tight end. Uh, in the conference championship game against US, UCF, he had three catches for 161 yards and has kind of shown that big play ability from the tight end spot, which really complements Joey Magnifico's skill set really well because, um, you know, he's coming under the middle. 
um, to make those those first down plays. And you got Dykes who can go long and make the big play. So he's a guy I'm looking forward to. And I, I think Brady White, from what from what I'm reading, um, from Evan Barnes and Giannato and those guys, um, they, they have a good connection already. Like that's his kind of go-to deep target. So I, I think Sean Dykes has a potential for a breakout year along with Coxie and Pollard. And, and sticking with another wide receiver that I think was kind of unheralded, you know, with Anthony Miller on the squad, understandably, uh, John Pop, Pop Williams, um, he, he was targeted 16 times and, and had two carries and had 163 yards last year. So nearly average 10 yards per touch. And so that's, you know, that, that's great stats. And so I think obviously he'll see more targets and he'll be more involved. Might be more of a third option, but, um, you know, getting these guys more involved that just didn't get a lot of targets the past years is going to be important. And it sounds like we've got some good wide receivers. So I don't think the loss of Anthony Miller might be like as, as terrible as it's made out to be in the media. Um, so what, what are some general thoughts on offense? Like, is this going to be the typical Norvell air raid offense as you referred to before, or are we going to look to slow down a little bit and, and, you know, play call in the backfield or what, what are we thinking? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be, you know, the same, same structure offense. Have you seen as we're used to seeing, but as James mentioned earlier, we're going to lean on Daryl Henderson and Patrick Taylor. Um, those guys are going to be counted on to be the horses uh, they they have not taken a hit in practice. Uh, they, they've been in the green, no contact jerseys for most of uh, fall camp to save them for the season. We know how good they are. Um, Henderson rushed for over a thousand yards last year. And Patrick Taylor, was he was just short. I want to say it was like 800 and something yards. Um, but we're going to lean on those guys. And then w- once they establish the run game, we're going to look for Brady White to use the pl- plethora of playmaking options that we have. Um, you know, there's no shortage of talent at the skill positions. But what excites me most, I think, is the offensive line, man. We're, we're getting bigger. We returned four starters from last year, but we're getting deeper as well. Um, we got Obena Ease, who is pushing three-year starter Trayvon Tate at left tackle. Um, we've got Dylan Parham, uh, a sophomore who's looking like he's going to start at the guard position. Um, then we got some Juco transfers adding some meat uh, so we can rotate guys in and out. I'm really excited about this offensive line to pair with the two backs who uh, should both be able to go over a thousand yards on the season. James, what do you think about the general thoughts on this offense? I mean, one thing I've been hearing about practice is that, you know, Brady White hasn't been looking as impressive, but just like y'all mentioned, these our star players have the no contact jersey on. I mean, they're not they're not full go. So I think once uh, Brady White gets his you know star players beside him, I think he's going to actually look really good. Uh, I have big. I just think it's all on Brady White. If Brady White can throw it, get get it to his receivers, then I think this offense is going to be pretty good. I don't know if it's going to be as good as last year, just because you know Ferguson was already established you know, quarterback, and then, you know, Miller was a star. I don't know if we'll have, a you know, another star receiver, but this, the receiving core is so much deeper, and I think it's just going to be a ton of guys making plays instead of just one. And I think if Brady White can get it to him, it'll be a really good season because you already know uh, Darrell Henderson and Patrick Taylor are going to put up their numbers. That's just, you know, it's a fact. So if, if it's all on Brady White. If Brady White can come up and step up in the clutch when we need him, uh, I think – um, this offense is going to be pretty good. I think he'll be spreading his targets out too, like you mentioned, amongst his receivers. So it might be harder to defend us because you don't know where he'll go necessarily. 
Whereas last year, you know, you knew in, in clutch moments it was going to Miller. Yeah. What else have you been hearing from Prague? I mean, have you heard or, or things that this isn't going to be as good as last year's offense? Like maybe it's got some kinks in it or, you know, what are you hearing with respect to the way this offense compares to last year? Yeah, I mean, I, that, I've heard it's not looking as good. But I mean, the offense was literally the second highest rated offense behind UCF. I mean, it's going to be hard to duplicate that when you lose your star player, you lose your star quarterback. So I think this team is going to have a really good offense, but I think it's going to have to lean more on their defense. Like they're not going to be able to just simply outscore teams like they did last year. It's going to be more, you know, the defense is going to have to step up, get some stops when the offense is is in ruts. But I still think this offense is going to be good. No, no knack on the offense, but I just don't think it's going to be as good as it has been in the past. Therefore, the defense is going to have to step up. So that's just kind of what I've been hearing um, from practice. Well, that's a good segue. Let's move to the other side of the ball. Let's talk defense now. Uh, so what are, who are some defensive players you all are excited about? Slim, who do you like on this team defensively? Uh, I like the redshirt sophomore safety Tyrez Lindsey. He started four games last year, and he saw action most of the season. Um, but the coaching staff has been really high on him uh, throughout fall camp. And just the other day, Mike Norvell referred to him as one of the most improved players from last season to this season. Um, so I think he's going to be really good in the secondary. Um, seems to be taking more of a vocal leadership role as well, which you need back there. Um, but, but, of course, I'm excited to see our boy Jackson Dillon get back out there and hope he can cause some hell uh, and, you know, just take the quarterback down, quarterbacks down like he used to do. And he just brings that energy. He's big-time celebration guy, like just fun to watch play. Uh, so, you know, I got to give honorable mention to Jackson Dillon. Yeah, shout out to Jackson Dillon, who may be sponsored by Bush Light uh, by the end of his college career, which is exciting for him. Um, James, what do you think, man? Who do you like? Before I start, um, I don't know. If, have you seen those uh, Jackson Dillon uh, T-shirts? Yeah, is that is that y'all? Well, not yet. Um, at one of our, you know, he helps with Offer Memphis. Is, uh, uh, his, his Twitter is Chief Stones, and he's he's been making a bunch of our graphics, and he's – he just made this T-shirt, and I think um, maybe after the first game, they're going to go on sale on the offer of his website, so that's just kind of a little sneak peek. And we're also going to try to sell more shirts and uh, wristbands, just whatever we can get out there. Yeah, back to the original question. I th- it's obviously Jackson Dillon, I think, just because he was such a beast before he got hurt, and I think he's been working so hard to get back to where he was. I think he's going to be an absolute animal and a difference maker on this defense. Yeah, my pick's Jackson Dillon as well, he's, he, for all the reasons mentioned, and he's a good personality to have in the locker room. Uh, exciting about t-shirts as well. We look forward to, you know, maybe we'll get swagged out in the, uh, the Jackson Dillon t-shirts and, and support the brand. And, and the Barnburner has a store as well. We've got shirts available. we got a, a Penny Season shirt uh, that supports, of course, Coach Penny Hardaway as the University of Memphis basketball coach. And uh, those are also on the website. So it's cool to support the, the local brands. Um, what do you all think of the – defensive front and secondary so uh, is it is it significantly different than last year or is everyone just a little bit older slim what do you think well i'll, I'll start with the defensive front um the, the guy the big guys and we're just deep um last year we had john tate and o'brien goodson playing as freshmen um you know they're only a year older a year stronger um more experienced so i'm expecting big things from them up front uh, also got big Emmanuel Cooper, who I believe is a senior this year, who uh, provided some good action last year, uh, soaked up a lot of minutes when we were in- injury. We had a lot of injuries on, on defense going into the season early on. 
Um, then we got junior college transfer Keith Brigham and uh, Desmond Hawkins from Craigmont High School. I think they're going to play a big part. And then Jonathan Wilson, also, you know, the, the guy with the long hair. Uh, I, I think he's going to be big up front. And then you just add in Jackson Dillon. And I just think that this defense is going to be able to get after it. Um, then, then we go to the secondary uh, and you got T.J. Carter, a potential All-American. You got Tito Windham on the other side. Um, then we got Tyrez Lindsey back there at safety. Like, I think this team is deep and um, very experienced. You know, we lost Jannard Avery, but other than him, we didn't really lose too much defensively. All of these guys have played meaningful snaps um, in big-time games. You know, most of them played in the American Championship game, played in the Liberty Bowl, played against Houston. Um, so they've been tested, and they're only going to get better. So like we've been saying throughout this whole podcast, I think the defense is going to be key this season and is only going to help the offense. Um, I, I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, just how we perform because the, the coaches talking uh, have, have really got me excited. I mean, they're, they're talking big about this defense. They were high on the secondary and now they're coming around to the defensive front. Um, Curtis Aikens at linebacker led the team in tackles last year, could lead the AAC in tackles this year. Um, so I'm really excited about the defense. If you can't tell. <laughs> that's awesome what do you think James are you, you feel the same way or are you feel yeah, like there's yeah, some no, holes there I for sure th- uh, feel the same way I mean people always last year were saying our just defense sucked our secondary was terrible and it, it, we weren't bad last year it was the injuries that happened that caused our younger players to be forced in a situation they probably weren't ready for and it didn't help that I feel like you know our D line didn't get on the pass rush didn't get enough pressure I feel like Mackenzie Milton, Rosen, all all the quarterbacks we went against just had so much time to throw the ball, and it didn't help our young uh, secondary. But like uh, y'all were saying, we get a year older. We don't really lose anybody. We lose Denard Avery, but that's really it. And and we really add back, honestly, more than we lost. So uh, I think next year the defense is going to be, honestly, what holds us up in some games, you know, because – like I said, like I've been saying, the offense should just simply outscore people last year. But this year, the defense is going to step up, make some good uh, clutch stops. So, um, yeah, I think this defense is going to be really good. Um, you know, watch out for TJ Carter. I think I think he definitely will be an All American. Just, I mean, he's just being so young last year and making so many clutch plays was just blew my mind, honestly. You know, and I didn't, I really didn't know that he was going to be this good. I knew he was a you know highly rated recruit from Nashville, but. I never knew he was going to be this good, and I think he'll be a top, you know, three rounds in the draft. So I'm gl- we're glad to have him <laughs> and hope he keeps making great plays like he's been doing because I think he definitely will be an All-American. What's that you, Slim? T.J. Carter, All-American? Yeah, I mean, I think the only way he's not an All-American is if the the opposing teams just don't throw his way. <laughs> like if, if Tito Windham can't hold his own on the opposite side – then maybe that you know they'll start throwing uh tj's way but or they won't be throwing tj's way if tito can't hold his own but uh i I think that's the only thing that would stop him from being an all-american he's already been getting rave reviews since the end of last season you know pro football focus everybody's tweeting out his stats about uh how locked down he was last year as a true freshman i mean it was really impressive and yeah, if they decide to test him, then he's going to make them pay. Like no doubt, he's he's a true lockup cornerback, and he he'll be in the NFL playing on Sundays, uh, probably after next season. 
uh, you know, not this season, but after his junior season, he, I, I see him, you know, headed to the and getting that money. That's exciting too. We haven't really had like star defenders, you know, on this team. We have been predominantly offense first uh, since this resurgence of Memphis football. So that's, that's awesome. Glad to hear TJ Carter's getting the national love as well. Now let's, uh, now that we talked the team and the roster and the makeup and gotten super pumped in that regard, let's talk about attendance. So Tom Bowen, uh, Memphis athletic director, announced and, and has aspired to and sort of challenged the Memphis fans to average 45,000 in attendance per game. Uh, the previous high was in 2015, which was 43,000, close to 44. Last year was 33. Do we think that's possible? I mean, do we think that the Memphis fans can get out and, and do that or uh, not? And what do you think happened last year? Like, What was the big deal for that 10,000 drop-off? I don't think it's a matter of can we do it. I think it's a matter of will we do it. Um, if they're, they're, we can fill the Liberty Bowl. We, we've seen it against Ole Miss. And I would think one game – or the games that really hurt us this year just because we don't have, you know, that Ole Miss, that UCLA on the schedule. But I think the, the big drop-off really was just because the terrible weather we had in the first couple of games. I mean, we had 10,000 people there for U, uh, ULM, and I was one of the crazy 10,000 people there uh, in the hurricane or whatever. But um, I definitely think they can average 45,000. I mean, I think, I think he's really calling our fan base out. I feel like we need to respond. If we want to be, become a big-time football program, we should be able to average 45000 And so, you know, it, it's really up to us, the, the Tiger Nation. It's really up to us. Um, if we want to do it, we can. But we just got to show out. And, I, I mean, will we? I don't know. James, I'm pumped, man. That was a real call to arms there. I'm fired up. I'm going to be there every game. <laughs> uh, Slim, what do you think, man? Man, you know, the the national trend in college football attendance is declining. People are just not going to as many college football games. That's it. You know, all across the SEC, you see schools downsizing their stadiums to combat this issue. But we're not asking to sell out the Liberty Bowl. You know, Tom Bowen's asking for 45000 um, and yeah, we don't have the the Ole Miss, and I think that year we also had Navy in a big game uh, where Navy brought a lot of fans. So I think we had like close to two sellouts that year. But I, I just I'm like James. I, I think it can happen. Like I, I understand last year we had the monsoon, and I think there was another rainy game. I understand. Like I wasn't at that first game last year. Like I'm 28 years old. I'm not sitting in that shit. It's 2018. I'm watching <laughs> <on> television. <laughs> but uh, but you know, I think weather permitting, yeah, we we should be able to get 45,000. And I think even if it's just one game of bad weather, you know, I think we should still be able to hit that mark, even though the schedule is not necessarily in our favor. We. Kn- as we all know, Memphis is a fair weather town. If you're winning, they're going to support you. So as long as the Tigers are putting wins up on the board, I think we can. But on the opposite end of the spectrum on that, if the Tigers uh, maybe drop that game week two at Navy, uh, then I could see, you know, I could see them right around the 30,000 mark again. Um, that's just how Memphis is. If you if you got a chance to play for a title, they'll be out there in full forces. But uh, sometimes, you know, the, the fan base can kind of fall off once the festivals and all that get going, like Cooper Young Fest and all that stuff. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the fall just in the city too, so that does interfere. I think I think it's it's possible, likely, I think, that we'll do it, uh, especially with this, this challenge here. And the weather can't be worse than last year. I mean, that was wild. Like, 
not only those monsoons, there was a couple of just, I feel like every Saturday it was just, I did not want to stand out there. I mean, even the Liberty Bowl, even the Liberty Bowl was freezing cold. Like that sucked. Remember? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. And the wind, when the, when the wind comes through there too, it's just, it's awful. Are you guys uh, planning on traveling any games? Like the Mizzou game, certainly one that would be, you know, a fun one to go to get in the SEC territory and, and see what that life's about. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't have anything on the books. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm uh, honestly every game I go to for a uh, Memphis game is going to be a travel because I'm a student right now at Mississippi State. But I plan on coming back to a ton of Memphis games. You know, most home games I'm going to try to be there. And uh, I actually might take the road trip to Missouri. Just that's still a, to be determined. Yeah, you can get that. You can talk shit to Mizzou fans on both fronts, man. Oh, yeah. As an SEC student and then as a Memphis fan. So you might need to get up there for sure. Let, let's, you know, let's kind of do a, a quick overall record what, how do we feel the Tigers stack up this year how many wins how many losses James what do you think man I think a successful season this year is going to be 10 and 2 I think it'll be successful but in most Tiger fans eyes uh, that won't be successful I think we have to win the West we have to go back to the conference championship game what about you Slim yeah I think we can go 11 and 1 I mean I, I agree 10 and 2 was probably considered a success what is what you would need to be considered a success by Memphis fans but I think we can go 11 and 1 I mean you look at the schedule the, you got the the Navy game you got the road test at Mizzou who is projected to be fourth in the SEC East uh, however they do have the first team preseason all SEC quarterback um, so and they got former Tiger coach Barry Odom over there running the show. So that could be a good matchup. Um, and then we have the benefit of having UCF and Houston at home. Uh, so and the fan in me wants to see 11 and one. I, I hear when people say like, it could be like Riley's first year when we were eight and four somewhere around there. And honestly, I would be okay with that um, just because of the unknown of the quarterback position. But I, I think this team really has a legit shot to do something special with the way their conference schedule uh, stacks up and 11 and one is not out of the question. Yeah. The swings there definitely eight to four to 11 and one is complete. Like no one's going to think you're dumb for picking anything, any range in that. Uh, I pick, I think nine and three is probably the the most reasonable pick. So that's what I think will happen. Uh, I, I see them dropping that Navy game, unfortunately getting, you know, the second game of the season, tough road test against a tough team that they've had issues with in the past. So I think they they drop a few early, but then they end up picking up steam and, and, uh, and finishing out the season really strong. But exciting times, guys! Thanks for joining. It's been another episode of Grit and Gridiron, new podcast on the Barnburner Podcast Network at www.the-barnburner.com. James, man, appreciate you coming on. Thanks for giving us your time. No, thanks for having me. Go Tigers! Shouts to all for Memphis. Check out their site. They got great graphics. They got great stuff. Great interviews too with a lot of ex players doing exciting things at All for Memphis. All right, boys. Have a good Saturday. Go Tigers. Holler.